0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Calculated Absurdity podcast with your hosts Peter, Elias, and Tom. You can listen to a new episode every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. What's going on, guys?
1: Oh, nothing. Oh, sorry, stretching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds
2: like a great stretch. Oh, dude, the, like I'm getting used to this new chair, and oh my god!
1: All right, which one did you get again? Uh, Herman
2: Miller what? I um, got the Herman Miller embody, not the, oh. the Logitech um partnership uh, one. <clears throat> that's so that that's the like the skeletal yeah. looking chair, right? Yeah. It took some time to figure out like how I prefer to sit in it. But what yeah. I figured out is um sitting in it like straight where it's not leaning back isn't bad. But when you when
1: you do lean back,
2: oh my gosh, it's so hmm. comfortable. Like, it just has the uh, right amount of support in the right places.
1: Where does it sit on your back? Is it, like, at the base of your neck, or does it go all the way up? I'm having a Uh, hard time visualizing this. Oh,
2: so, like, upper back-ish. Yeah, so it stops at my shoulders, right? But when I lean my back against it completely, it just feels like my entire back is supported.
1: That's nice. The chair almost reminds me of... uh, It's almost like it mimics... Like a spine and rib cage. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But like in a way where it nice. hugs your back instead of yeah. protecting your organs. It's. A well, really I guess maybe nice you are the organs. It's a in re- really, way. really nice development. <laughs> like, I like it a lot now. And my cat guys, has been loving it. Do you guys lay yeah.
0: back in your chairs often? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, de- it depends on what I'm doing. But yeah, I-, I would like a new chair, honestly. My old chair could recline almost
2: to a lay down position. And I've done that a few times just to be like lazy as shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I lock mine upright.
2: Oh, fuck that dude. I love rocking my
0: chair. I well, Mine's truly the work chair. Um, if, if I'm sitting in the chair, I'm working. I don't really do any leisure at a desk. I can't wait to get up from the desk and yeah. do anything else. Here Tom. I just, and since I don't play video games or do anything like that, I, just sent a link of the chair i got just so you can oh, see oh okay
1: yeah i do i do recline my chair slightly because i feel like i need like thigh support or something like i i feel like my chair tilts forward naturally so i have to tilt it back a little bit to get the bottom seat tilted up
2: yeah in a way. that was something that i noticed with um this chair when i first sat in it is like the part that's under my thigh it tapers down right yeah so, I, it's
1: it's it feels weird. Yeah.
2: I don't I don't know. And so that's why I lean back a little
1: in it and it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would like to get a new chair one of these days, but I'm just kind of holding out on it.
2: It's all good.
1: I like, like, don't know what chair I want. Fucking chairs are expensive
2: nowadays, dude. Yeah. And exp- <laughs> you also want a new chair cuz it fucking
1: shuts off your computer stuff, right? well i don't know if i i don't seem to have that that problem anymore but it's so funny that you link that um for the listeners the ikea marcus chair um is a chair that i have and for a while i was you know i would do my regular computer thing but there were times when i would sit down or stand up and my screens would literally kind of flicker or shut off for a second and but I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, oh, I guess it's some static electricity. But Peter found an article that apparently this chair has a problem with generating this static electricity. And I'm kind of... I'm sort of thinking, like, that's probably the problem that I was having. I just never really thought of it. And I didn't even think it was a, a thing that could happen, though. Because I'm not... You know, it's not. it's like this desk isn't necessarily conductive. It's wood. And I'm not touching anything electronic like that's directly to my computer or my screen but yeah i don't know i, I guess uh, uh-huh. static travels far i don't i don't really or like travels in mysterious ways i, <laughs> I don't know yeah. stored energy yeah it is this, this
0: chair is powerful <laughs> some call it thor maybe or zeus well speaking of stored energy we were going to we're going to talk about solar yeah yeah solar panels baby so it kind of came this thought came into my head
2: because um i took a vacation to florida uh to see amanda's grandparents so they could meet the grand uh great grandkid brought her mom down and everything and um, her grandfather was asking me about solar because i told him that we have it when uh, i showed him pictures of the house and it just kind of got me thinking how many homes and buildings are there in the U S like continental U S and like, how much energy do we use in the nation as a whole in like electrical energy and like, how much would it take to offset, right? Like to just be net zero, just using solar. And I did a little bit of digging in 2022. The U.S. used 4.05 trillion kilowatt hours of electricity.
1: Wow.
2: Okay. There are 140 million homes in the U.S. So I assume homes are probably detached, single family. Um, I can look up exactly what that is described at. But then there's... 5.9 million commercial buildings. Um, And so obviously wanted to do some math, right? So that is roughly, we'll round it up and say 146 million solar ready buildings, right? And granted, not all of them are solar ready because maybe they're older homes that can't actually support the weight of the panels or something like that. That's something that can happen. To cover the 2022 energy consumption of the US each building would require to produce about 28,000 kilowatt hours and if you do that then we would be net zero in terms of energy consumption like we would just be powered by the sun mm-hmm. but realistically speaking a home can't generate 28,000 kilowatts uh per hour right Homes range from about 3,000 to 9,000, just based on the size of the roof. You have to be facing a specific way so you get the most seasons and everything. So I kind of did some math and made it around a 5,000 kilowatt hour production on average, right? I didn't do too much uh, digging around, but I figured... Just middle of of that range ballpark is pretty good. So that gets you about 700 billion kilowatt hours. That's it. 700 billion. Now, if we throw in commercial, which can get pretty high in terms of numbers, just based on the roof sizes, because they're larger buildings. But I kind of just did something a little bit more conservative of 50,000. That only produces 295 billion kilowatt hours. So taking that assumption into account we would only be able to produce about 1 trillion kilowatt hours if every single structure in the US home or commercial building gets solar isn't that insane only a quarter of our energy a quarter of it
1: yeah that's pretty nuts how um i'm curious like how uh, how varied the 4 trillion kilowatt hours is um distributed amongst certain individuals like i wonder is, is that like like what is there a breakdown for that specifically
2: uh yes it's actually in one of the links that i put into here that,
1: i imagine like data centers or something might so if you go into the using a shit ton data center
2: energy consumption it kind of breaks down some things right it doesn't go specifically i found some articles that went into which sector uses the most and stuff like that but it was a little convoluted but the worlddata.info, which looks kind of just a like user-made thing just to track numbers, um, I don't know how up-to-date their information is. But in comparison for everything else, right? So our energy sources that we use, and this is converted to kilowatt hours just so that we have a, a source reference. Fossil fuels make up almost 6 trillion kilowatt hours of energy, mm-hmm. which is about 60% uh in the u.s right nuclear power is just under two tr- two trillion kilowatt hours but then the the scary number which should be ramping up hopefully in the next like 10 years or so solar energy is only 320 billion kilowatt hours that's a factor of th- two off yeah from being between fossil fuels and nuclear energy. And we're even dropping nuclear energy as, as a country, right? Wind power is even higher than solar. And wind is at 800 billion while water's at 700. So it's it's kind of crazy to see, see that like, um, breakdown and to, to put it into a little bit more perspective The um, visual capitalists link. So this is an article from August, uh, 2021 of the solar systems at that point. But it kind of projects into 2035 where a lot of, uh, federal initiatives are pushing for, um, 100% clean net zero, uh, energy, um, pushes like that. Right. So at the time with solar panels only being like between ten and fifteen percent effective, it would take about twenty-two thousand square miles of solar panels to be one hundred percent net zero. What
0: it said what was that again? Twenty-two thousand square miles.
2: Wow. No. That's the size of they, yeah. they used it on a map. It's about the size of Lake Michigan.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Now, Elon now, is that,
1: now is that just because of the general efficiency of yeah. solar panels right now? At, at that time, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Elon oh, Musk. When, when was this? Uh, this article was in twenty twenty one,
2: right? So just two ah, years okay. ago, yeah. Elon Musk was projecting that when the next generation of panels, which we're currently at um, the next generation from the, that article, around twenty percent efficiency, which most of the solar panels nowadays. Uh, is about 20%. It can vary from, like, 15 to, like, 23 or something like that. Um, He was projecting that it would only be about 10,000 square miles of solar panels to clean energy the U.S., Mm -hmm. which, for perspective, is about the size of Lake Erie. And just to kind of make it a little bit easier for reference— That's about the size of either Maryland or, um, and i put it in here. There was another state, uh, or Vermont, 10,000 square miles, Maryland or Vermont. Like that's all, that's all it will take at the current efficiency of solar panels. Yeah. And we're, we're at a point with solar panels where the effectiveness is pushing 30 to 40. I mean, it's still in a laboratory setting, but
1: like pretty crazy though, that's what they're projecting. That's a huge improvement. Yeah, I I just quickly looked up the largest um, producer of silicon, um, and that is China, with uh-huh. six million metric tons. Yeah, dude. In twenty twenty two, that's six million of eight point eight million worldwide. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty nutty. They have a. I mean, do they just have like a huge deposit over there? Is that what that is? Uh, probably. Or they, or just, you know? I, I would imagine or, that's what it is. Actually, where is it coming from? Because I, I know they were investing a lot in Africa. I don't know if that has anything
0: to do with it. Hmm. It's a good possibility. I so. But uh, I thought there was something I, I thought there was a switch because of Something that Biden had done where he effectively forced us to go to China for importing that silicon and only just recently is that opening back up and there's more of a demand locally. I think one of our projects is for a company that's trying to revive a project that they had from 10 years ago for exactly that. I just... Falling blank on specifics right now. I'm going to have to do some digging.
1: Huh. Looking at this uh, historical data off this website, I don't know what this website is, but they're saying that Germany and the United States were basically the top exporters of silicon like with greater than 99.99% purity.
2: Oh, just raw silicon?
1: Which is sort of interesting. Yeah. Wow. So Germany did 336 Percent of 4.6 billion dollars, and the United States did 24.4. So China's not even exporting; they're basically importing this stuff. Or I, I don't, I don't really know what they're doing with it. Because I, I mean, according to this website, they're not. Yeah. So China's a major importer of silicon. This is interesting. Which is which would explain why they're producing so much, because they're they're probably the ones pro- like processing the, these things. Um. Or smelting them or whatever. And chip production, I guess. that would. I mean, that would make sense. Chip production, solar panel maybe. Um, huh. Holy shit. So kind of
2: diving in a little bit more. Um, expanding on the one article or the one um, site. The U.S. in 20... De- this is from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. It's a government site and this data is, uh, from February, 2023, the U S in total generated 4.2 trillion kilowatt hours, right? Like that's, that's the confirmed number Mm -hmm. and it's two and a half trillion from fossil fuels, only 772 billion from nuclear and 900 billion from renewable. With solar, total, primarily being photovoltaic, which is solar panels. There's solar thermal, but that's that's a negligible number, 143 billion kilowatt hours, out of the almost one trillion renewable energy source. Yeah.
1: Jeez, I wonder if we're just waiting for, you know, the technology to develop. I guess, right? Yeah, cuz the the biggest thing with solar right now is the
2: cost-to-effectiveness of it, right? Yeah. Um it just on a commercial scale, it currently doesn't make sense because the amount of energy that you need and the amount of solar panels you need, you basically have to buy the plot of land next to a commercial warehouse or something to power that warehouse or just even keep the lights on. Not even necessarily yeah. like powering anything else in it. That's why it makes so much more sense just to, like, get it residential, which is what the big push is right now. Um, Like, since COVID, basically, there's been a pretty big drive. I'm sure you guys have seen and heard it of companies going out there and trying to sell solar panels on residential buildings just because it's more cost-effective on that consumer than commercial because the commercial grade version of these solar panels because of the size and all the additional planning in place for them, the size of the copper that has to run to them and everything else. It's just not feasible.
1: Yeah. Right. I had a neighbor that used his solar panels exclusively for heating water. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's, that's like another thing that you can do. There's different styles of solar panels where you can do different things with it. I mean, Mm -hmm like i have solar panels on my house um and the deal i got and how much it produces versus how much we consume is great but the thing is my my electric bill will never be zero just because of delivery charges and basically yeah. line rental from um comed
1: yeah they they always find a way oh yeah you know <laughs> I mean
2: nothing's ever f- really free. I mean, that's what the utility <laughs> companies do. You're just basically renting access to their system. Yeah. You know?
1: When you when you got your solar panels, did you have to decide between the, the poly or monotypes? No. So <clears throat> uh, I guess full disclosure, I
2: I only have Sunrun Solar. Um not partnered with any with them outside of that. Like I, I pay a bill to them, they don't pay me. Um, but the um, panels that I have I did not get to choose um, I can actually tell you what panels I have here in a second I just got to pull up my documents
1: oh does it say like the type yeah it tells me the specific
2: oh. model and
1: everything else I just have to pull up the documents. oh interesting yeah it's pretty yeah I was, I was like looking into it a little bit did you do you know how they're made Uh, specifically solar panels? No. So they they take that silicon, and I mean, according to this thing that I was reading, or watching rather, they they take the silicon and basically melt it at a really high temperature um, for whatever duration, and then they let it cool um, into like this giant cube. Um, And basically, that's how the poly version is made, which is quote-unquote the cheaper version. Um, They basically create this... This uh, cube of melted silicon rock, uh, and then they basically just slice. They they like slice it into pieces. Um, the the thing with it is the crystalline structure isn't like uniform. It's kind of all over the place. So when you look at the panel, you'll you'll know if it's like panel or, or sorry poly or mono um, because it, it'll just kind of be like disconfigured. It's not necessarily uniform, um, but generally like the process for that. Is just cheaper. Um, it doesn't doesn't make it any. Well, it's not as efficient as the mono panels um, that are more uniform and probably more um, uh, efficient with like the electron transfers like in the uh, the material. Um, but but the process with the mono the difference is instead of just melting the rock um, and then waiting for it to cool and then slicing it into a bunch of pieces or like, deli-style meat. <laughs> right. Um, they they melt the silicon, and then what they do is they have something called a seed, which is, like, the starter crystalline structure of silicon. It's, like, basically, like, the perfect uh, starting point. Um, I, I don't know if it's, like, a grid pattern with the atoms or something. Um, but basically, they start with the seed and sort of do, like, a candle-dipping action. They, they dip it into the silicon, the melted silicon, and that melted silicon kind of Binds to that seed, and they just keep doing that over and over again, um, and it maintains that crystalline structure. Um, I, I think it's like a grid pattern, basically. And then they'll take that, and then they'll make their, they'll cut their slice, and then they'll shape it how they want. Um, and it's just a much cleaner product, which inevitably carries a much greater cost, like a significantly greater cost. Um, but you do get some better efe- efficiency out of it. I think like 5% more or something like that. Um, but at that point, you're sort of like, when you go to like a solar panel shop, you're sort of debating on what what type of panel you would want, either poly or mono, because um, when it comes to the efficiency versus cost, you start juggling that around and you got to figure out like what works best for your own purposes or whatever. Right. So. So I I looked it up. I have a monocrystalline. Um, oh, cool! Solar cell. Nice. What what efficiency did they say for uh, that one? Twenty
2: point nine. So what I just sent nice. you, in terms of the this is from the data sheet, and mm-hmm. looking at a fucking solar panel data sheet it was just like completely over my head, <laughs> like the the numbers yeah. and everything. But the yeah. interesting thing is—is is this graph that I sent, right?
1: Oh, I didn't see this.
2: Where it's relative efficiency compared to nominal power. Do you see that decline?
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, ooh.
2: And this is this is why. Um, Over
1: twenty-five years.
2: Yeah, and this is why my Ish. lease with them is only twenty years because. It makes a lot of sense because the efficiency of the panel system just shits the bed after
1: 20 years. Does it explain why the efficiency goes down? I never really thought about that. Is that just like material degradation? Uh, So I can read the snippet
2: here. At least 98% of nominal power during the first year.
1: Thereafter,
2: max 0.5% degradation per year at least... 93.5% 93.5% of nominal power up to 10 years. At least 86% of nominal power up to 25 years. All data within measure, measurement tolerances. And then it just kind of talks about um, warranty stuff. But let me look at their site and see if there's anything else. But I think it's just general wear on it, you know? I mean, anything baking in the sun for that long is going to degradate, you know? And what's really interesting is um this is a Korean company that makes my solar panels.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. You just import it here?
2: Uh I don't know. I mean, it might just be a contract, but this company, they just make solar panels um yeah. out of Korea, which I think is pretty cool. Um uh, yeah. cuz they're kind of bleeding edge in terms of technology nowadays, mm-hmm. right?
1: I'm sort of interested with the degradation part. Like, um, I mean, this stuff is sandwiched between what glass, some type of glass, right? Uh,
2: so there's a frame glass, whatever EVA is, solar cells, another layer of EVA, and then a back sheet.
1: Okay. What is EVA? I've heard that before. It's like a special type of, uh, polycarbonate. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it's, i don't even know if i'm using the right word there it's like a power reflector
2: no oh
1: might be... oh is it conductive maybe i'm trying to find what it that's is. conductive that might make sense um yeah I, I i'm sort of curious what's going on with it on the molecular level like if it's uh you know if it's just um <laughs> fusing together in certain spots so then there's like not enough uh, room for the electrons to move around or something. Um, oh, uh, (coughs) so so I guess just to explain a little bit, the the solar panels are a type of, uh, what, photovoltaic cells, which are basically semiconductors. And basically semiconductors uh, utilize two types of material. Um, one that has an excess of electrons, Um, And then so, basically, the movement of electrons is what is generating electricity, you know, for your house or anything, rather. Um, And then the other material is uh, a type of material that has, uh, I I guess, like, let's say vacant parking spots for these electrons to, like, occupy. And basically, what happens is when you sandwich these two materials together, the, the, the material that has the electrons has the ability to move these electrons into that free space uh, in the second material. Um, basically, the N-type is what um, the material is that has the electrons to move, and then the P-type is what has like, I guess, pores or holes is what I call it. Um, but basically, when you put these two materials together, the electrons kind of equalize and it moves to the second material, it fills those spaces. And then, basically, long story short, um, when you apply the sun light uh, to this photovoltaic cell, the the light basically excites the electrons down in the p-type, which is where the all the electrons just move to. Um, It excites the electrons to go to like a new uh, power level, I guess. Um, I forget what the actual term is, and it, it. It basically works its way back up to where it originally started um, because the electrons are getting excited from the sunlight Um, and then when you put a load between these two types of materials it allows the current to flow um, you know from from the sunlight hitting the low energy electrons the the low energy get excited it moves up back to the n-type material with high energy and then it transfers through the wire to whatever load, so let's just say a light bulb or your house or whatever you're doing, um, and then as that electron is basically used up of its energy, it drops to a lower level and it goes back to the p-type, and then it kind of generates that whole cycle. I don't know if that's like a very convoluted way of explaining.
2: So it's basically but definitely a lot of videos uh, online to watch it. There, so it's basically getting a charge, moving planes, losing its charge in that other plane, and then coming back. Yeah, and it exactly. just keeps mm-hmm. cycling that until and the, and the
1: sun. Yep, it can't. Yep, anymore. it keep it keeps cycling, and the sun is what's basically causing um, the cycle to continue because it, it's that's where the the energy is coming from for the electrons to get excited and actually generate electricity for you.
2: Yeah, so it's it's the heat essentially from the sun, right? And the heat can be kind of a easy explanation for the energy that we I, get from the sun solar
1: i don't i don't even know if it's whatever. actually heat well yeah it, it it's might probably, be light waves
2: yeah it's more likely light waves if we're talking about electrons and stuff like that
1: yeah and i guess so it's just the waves in general
2: the solar panels <laughs> act more as a <clears throat> filter system then right because Sorry, you want to say that again the solar panels act more of a filter system because you wanted to diffuse out anything that's not necessary and retain as many electrons as you can so that it can mm. maintain that cycle right yeah but and that's where the efficiency comes in then for the panels cuz a lot yes. of well
1: the the efficiency comes in with the the panels and like the material that is being used because the material uh, the material that gets mixed with the silicon is what generates these n type or p type situations and um like let's say for instance you have a p-type uh that has you know 10 free parking spots um if you were to introduce like maybe another type of material it could introduce another like five parking spots for electrons to move
2: right and so that's kind of like what i was alluding to that where the efficiency is more or less of the filtration system mm-hmm. right to, to put it in simpler terms Yeah. You're allowing more. You're you're creating a more fine-tooth, or like a smaller gap filter instead of a larger one that kind of is just to to make it work.
1: Mm. Interesting. And then and then depending on the varied thicknesses of these two materials, you can generate like significantly more power. Also, mm. um, I haven't really like looked too much into that, but. Um, but yeah you you can start playing around with the um the material types. It doesn't have to be you know equal parts with n type and p type. If you start playing around with the ratios, you start to you're able to generate a lot more power uh relative to the the latter or the previous situation interesting. I don't really that, that that's the part where I kind of stopped looking into it I guess <laughs> but yeah this uh honestly semiconductors are just very interesting interesting uh technology definitely worth um reading a book or watching a video or article or something on it because um i feel like the news and stuff is always talking about chip shortages and semiconductors and blah but you start to get a much greater appreciation when you just watch you know a straightforward video about how these things work because it's actually kind of my or i find it mind-blowing personally it's pretty pretty crazy tech oh yeah no i'm into like
2: How stuff works and it's made like that too.
1: I think this is actually how uh, similar similar things. I think like are diodes. I think diodes are kind of like the similar technology Um, in in a way where it's like diodes like control electrical current into a single direction. And um, I don't know if I'm right in saying this. Essentially, it can convert AC power into DC in a way, Um, but Basically it's because the one of the material the material flow it, it doesn't allow electrons to flow backwards because there's no room for it to to go back like on on a single wire, the electrons can move forward and backward all they want. but then when it's going through some type of material like with these parking spots, for instance, if all the parking spots behind you are full, you can't go that way, so then you just keep pushing forward and causes all the other ones to follow suit right. as well. I don't know if I'm right in saying that, but I, I think diodes are similar similar technology, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm looking at something that's classifying diodes as semiconductors. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. That <laughs> was right. Fuck yeah. Yeah, passive uh, <clears throat> electronic components versus active electronic components. Uh, diodes being listed... Under semiconductors, but they're really not differentiating on whether those are active or passive. Mm. I'm going to assume active. Well,
1: I guess if it's an active diode, would it would that be a transistor or no? I don't I don't think that's right. <laughs> Look at us talking about electronics. <laughs> I mean, electronics is kind of the future, though, you know. Oh yeah, no, it it's definitely. Diodes is a one-way
0: valve for electricity. Diodes allow flow of electricity in one direction. Most diodes have painted line on one end showing the direction of flow. The negative side is normally white. Transistor is a semiconductor device. uh, Fundamental building block in phones, computers, and several other electronic devices. It does not talk about the difference in diodes and transistors.
2: Yeah, dude, I'm looking at the electrical diagrams of diodes, and I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't take any more advanced <laughs> electrical engineering courses. Can
1: you, can you send that picture?
2: I'm just, like, staring at this, and I'm like, what the fuck does this even mean, man?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I've, I've, I've seeing one here, too.
2: Like, there's a bracket that shows what the active diode is doing diode is doing and then the other half is a bulk regulation transistor and i'm like what the fuck is a bulk regulation transistor
1: (laughs) yeah oh this is interesting let's say um yeah i think um hmm oh yeah i don't like this Uh, i took a mechatronics course so like kind of some of the stuff sort of looks familiar but i i like don't remember a lot
2: no i remember we definitely took some 300 level course where we like simplified diodes into yeah it was mechatronics
1: did you take that too
2: yeah it was part of our curriculum oh. i was, oh, was so fucking lost in that course
1: that was um that it was, was an elective like 400
2: level 400
1: level? yeah there was... yeah it was, it was our elective that we chose oh
2: yeah, yeah 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 that was it yeah no i remember we we took diodes and simplified them into processes and shit right mm-hmm and like i I mean, I clearly passed the course, but I was so fucking like out
1: of my comfort zone there, yeah, but um <clears throat> I definitely love doing this stuff though i I really like that electronics course we took
0: oh, <laughs> circuit <yeah>. analysis
1: <laughs> it was like it was like my jam I felt well like actually, what was funny was I took that class super late, um so I was basically like I don't know junior, senior level, taking it with a bunch of freshmen, sophomore. Oh, yeah. That was at the 200 level, no? Yeah. Yeah. I I blew through that course. Oh, dude. So, dude, I did so good in there. But there were so many classmates that actually had problems. And I sort of reflected on that a little bit. Like, is it because – I take it it's because I took all these other courses. So, it's like I sort of know the process of, like, how these things are – done like mathematically like step-by-step basis and it's like I had the whole rhythm going and so when I went into this class it was great or or was I just good at it I don't know but um I, I feel like it had something to do with just the experience of being in school um compared to my peers who were you know only there for like a year or two
2: I think a lot of it was people were getting lost on Kirchhoff's law and yeah. then parallel versus in series circuits. Yeah. Cuz the calculations for those like if like, you don't get your like orientation order. right then like you you yeah. fuck up everything.
1: But the that, that is the hardest thing and um it's always as long as you're consistent. Negative. Yeah. I mean but you just pick your you, you sort of pick your orientation and it kind of works itself out in the very end. Oh yeah, your numbers will be
2: positive yeah. or negative and it, generally yeah. if it's negative then it's should be positive. Hmm. China's share of global polysilicon production and percentage.
1: Holy shit! What is polysilicon? Well, so this is what I was saying. Like they've been, it, according to that other website I was looking at, you know, the U.S. and Germany are exporting silicon. Polysilicon is a high f- purity form of silicon. is a key raw material in solar voltaic supply chain. So what I, what I want to know is if it's if it's their production like are, is this does that mean they're mining it or if they were to import this stuff and process it, is that part of the production uh you know, you know what i mean i like, i feel like the numbers might be kind of skewed I if think they're, they're just, just you know mine, no, collecting I think, everything
0: I th- together n- n- no that th- there's it's it's more than just mining it it's actually uh like processing too. processing yeah so, so it's a matter yeah.
1: of them mining it and then collecting from any source
0: yeah, but I don't like, think that like the, importing. I don't think that the mining for the the gravel that contains the silicon is the problem. I think it's the process because so uh, strangely enough, I, I did just get put on a project that is for one of these new U.S. companies. That is, I, I was getting my wires crossed. Basically, what Biden did in signing this inflation reduction act into law is giving uh, additional government funding into companies to start looking back into their renewable energy and now their polysilica uh, production. So the company that was trying to make this work, I don't know, 10 years ago, or a little more than that, uh, no longer had a need for it because everybody was going to China. They could get everything cheaper from China. Now, because China is a Monopoly on the market and Biden is trying to enact a renewable energy quota by 2035. Uh, he, he he signed in to get more funding to be able to bring these plants back into production. Uh, getting the actual gravel containing the silicon is, is not... I don't believe that's a problem. I think that that's actually pretty popular. It's the additional steps that you mentioned, like the melting it down... Yeah into a metal that's pure, um, it, co- combining it with um, hydrogen chloride and then removing any impurities, like, you know, putting it through, like it's uh, it's almost like a, it's not a turbine, but it's a distilling tower. Uh, there's, there's like two or three more steps that go into this. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, a landing with polysilicon that they can then use in all of these, you know, battery chips, solar, so renewable energy.
2: The the article I just sent kind of goes into that a little bit where um,
0: there are
2: three main technologies to produce silic- polysilicon. The modified Siemens process is currently the dominant technology in China. Trichlorosylane? Silane? TCS is produced using two readily available metallurgical grade silicon of 95 to 99% purity and liquid chlorine. After being purified through distillation, the TCS is vaporized and mixed with hydrogen gas. In a deposition, reactor silicon slim rods are heated up to 1,100 degrees Celsius. And the passing of the gas mixture results in high pressure silicon being deposited on the surface of the rods. This process can till, uh, continues until a certain diameter, typically 150 to 200 millimeters, which is fucking tiny, all things considered, is achieved. Yeah. Fluidized bed reactor process, or FBR, and the upgraded metallurgical grade silicon process, UMG, are the two are the other two technologies.
0: FBR is what I am dealing with now.
2: Wow, there's five companies that account for 73% of global production in 2022 of producing
0: polysilicon. Globally or in the U.S.? Globally. That's all either China or South Korea. Yeah. I I feel like there's one or two that could even have a pretty impactful part of that percentage.
1: Oh, so... If I'm understanding this just to repeat what you just read Peter um, polysilicon is a refined silicon.
2: Yeah, it's it's refined like the easiest okay. way to to def, is to say it is it's like the raw version of what it becomes before or the second raw stage, right? So in that link the diagram there's a d- picture that shows polysilicon as the first step which is yeah. just processed silicon. With chlorine and hydrogen. Then Uh, it's refined into ingots, which is then sliced into wafers and then uh processed into solar um, cells and then into. And they're all clumped together into modules.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Okay. Um, So I'm sort of curious about that FBR method um, because they mentioned that silicon seed particles, which makes me think it's like, it's almost like a similar process of. Like the mono mono silicon or mono um, solar panels production. Like they they start off with like a seed um, that creates this crystalline structure ahead of time. I guess like while they're making these rods or something. Or makes. Yeah, I don't know. seed goes in, it's heated.
2: Hydrogen is taken out of the SiH4, which is silicon high. What? Oh uh, it's decomposition of signature silane silane, which is a uh, trademark for this company. But it is SIH4 and the hydrogen's extracted out. So you basically do pellets of silicon while introducing hydrogen into it as a process. Instead of using seed rods, you seed granules that are continuously fed into a chamber with heated silane gas entering from below and exiting above circulation of the gas causes the seed granules to flow like a liquid as the silane gas breaks down and deposits sil- silicon layers on the granules as the hydrogen is removed and recycled over time the granules grow larger Eventually finish out the bottom ready right to use. The resulting energy consumption is reduced by eighty to ninety percent per comparable unit. Yeah, because you're not doing a um a heating, like a crazy heating process up to eleven hundred degrees Celsius, right? Mm-hmm. And you can work arguably more units at a time because they're granules
1: versus rods it's almost like the atoms kind of just fixate themselves yeah and it in turn just uses less energy on your power part Good. during the whole process if you think about it uh, a circle has more surface area than a
2: cylinder does right uh arguably yeah so you're able to capture more on the granules <laughs> i like don't remember that property yeah i don't remember specifically either but i mean it kind of makes sense Cause part of it, if you are removing the energy that's required to heat up to 1100 degrees Celsius, yeah, you're going to have a huge drop in terms of energy needs, right? Which kind of helps in the factor of you're trying to produce the raw material to create solar panels, but like how much heat is introduced in this process instead. Because it's clearly not 1,100 degrees Celsius if it's an 80 to 90% reduction in energy consumption.
0: I think that the uh, consumption reduction to the whole thing is the balancing act between w- where they're sending enough gas velocity th- up through the particles... They're basically saying that in doing that, that's what is allowing these solid particles to move like a fluid. And it's that balancing act between the gravity force of these particles pushing down and the velocity of the gas that they're sending up. That balance eliminates the need for any additional energy input.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm reading now that... Fluidized bed reactors are still used to produce gasoline and other fuels along with many other chemicals. Many industrially produced polymers are made using FBR technologies such as rubber, vinyl chloride, polyethylene, styrenes, and polypropylene.
1: I was going to say this looks really, um, I've seen this before, um, <coughs> like really similar to like, um, like that gas industry, oil and gas industry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, fluidization is defined as a method to keep solid particles floating in an upward direction in a flow of gas or liquid. Uh, yeah, this is really interesting.
1: Oh, uh, moral moral of the story: <coughs> uh, solar panels are kind of getting up there with efficiency, um, and even till then, it's pretty much worth getting, at least for yourself, Peter.
2: Was that? Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs>
1: What was your overall experience with your solar panel like? Uh, really easy. And I guess would you recommend it?
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Like I mean provided that somebody is covering the upfront costs. Yeah, yeah. So
2: that's that's kind of where you have to do your due diligence as a consumer, right? There's there's a lot of solar companies out there, but a lot of them require upfront deposits, right? And just to throw it out there so that everyone knows. My solar panel system, if I decided to throw down up front, it's
0: a fifteen thousand dollar system. Okay. That's the low end. Yeah, this is the low end of what I'm of what I'm seeing as far as cost goes. It can yeah. go from fifteen to twenty five. Yeah, easily. To thirty-five. Yeah. Um,
2: and basically the reason why I went with Sunrun is because it's a no hassle deal that they sell. Basically, you agree that you're going to sign up for solar, but what they do, and this is how they make money, is they keep all the tax credits, right? So, the federal and state tax incentives, they basically collect that for themselves instead of coming to me. But because of that, they cover installation at their cost. They cover warranty for the duration of my lease, it's not an ownership. It's a lease for the duration. Um, and they even have a guarantee that it'll produce 90% of the, of the quote and they do a audit every two years. And I get, um, it's like seven cents to the kilowatt hour. That is under the, the 90% of the quoted production of my system. Mm. And it's all in writing as part of the contract and everything. Um, And again, this is a 20 year term. And at the end of the 20 year term, they give you three options. One, you can keep it all yours. Two, you can get rid of it at their cost. Again, three, you can sign up for another 20 year term contract with a newer system. But other companies, they basically go, hey, you want to do solar? We can get it for you. This is how much it costs. And you basically have to do deposit and you fill out a lot of the paperwork. You might not even get a warranty from them and things like that. So this yep. this was the appealing thing to me. It's a very no hassle um, direction. I've uh, had a couple people um, referred because of just my experience with Sunrun. It's It's yeah. honestly been pretty good. Um, I've had like three other solar companies knock on my door prior to me agreeing with Sunrun. So that's where I did my due diligence. I mean, I even looked at the Tesla um, solar uh, roof system, the the shingles. That system costs a fucking fortune. Yeah, I forgot (laughs) about those. And you basically, you have to find a specific roofer that can install the system. And it's like all on you. And that's what scares people off about solar is they constantly think that it's an upfront cost which is not the case. Right? You just have to do your due diligence as a consumer.
0: And double check for incentive programs. Oh yeah. Cuz they're being pushed right now.
2: Uh they're being pushed but they're also being cut back currently because um there's Well they
0: it's it was put in at the end of 2021, I thought, and it was like a two-year. Yeah. So, so we're coming to the end of that two-year. So they're they're still pushing, but it's it's, it's limited time offer. Yeah, you're basically going to get half the incentives from the federal government
2: instead of like the full whatever it would have been. But again, for me going through Sunrun, I don't see any of it because they collect it, which is fine by me if they're going to cover everything about the system.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's much better than what I'm what I'm seeing is like you can recoup thirty percent. Yeah. Of the costs and federal. Yeah. Yeah, tax credits right. that only get doled out over the course of that whole twenty year period. Right. So
2: yeah. I I looked at it as if I can save the money up front, and obviously the the money you save varies from month to month, and that's where they also try to sell you is you're quote unquote saving money in your electric bill, right? But that's only if your system is producing. So, it, up here um, during the winter, it was always super cloudy. We always had snow in the roofs. Um, I sent you guys a, an image of like my total production and everything else. All time since November of last year, I've produced almost 3,500 kilowatt hours. But oh. when it turned on in November, I only produced about a thousand kilowatt hours in three months right Mm. or two months whatever it was and so the rest of of my all-time production has been so far this year
1: oh wow yeah awesome
2: like i can let me i can even pull up a um bar graph or a line graph just so that it's a little bit clear on how yeah let me do this so that that has been my production since it turned on in October. Sorry, it's not November. October fourth was the first day, and that peaked at 533. Or my total production in October was 533 kilowatts, and my lowest so far has been in January at 123, and my mm-hmm. highest so far has been in April at 686 kilowatt hours. My bill for like- April, like my electric bill for April, was fourteen dollars and twenty cents. <laughs> how much would it would
1: it well, have been? Was that be 50? How much would it have been like 50?
2: Uh or 60 or something. So basically I I sent a picture of my bill, right? So if you yeah. add in all those credit deductions, that's how much my bill would have been. So oh. plus Oh uh, yeah,
1: screw those fees, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it, it would have been like 60.
2: Yeah, I even or,
1: have, um, so if yeah, you look at the top of the bill,
2: right, it says kilowatt hours from the grid, so 371. That's mostly nighttime because I don't have a battery. And then kilowatt hours to the grid, which I produce during the day. And if we're not home, then we're we're giving back. Um, yeah. Produce 433. And so it says over here, miscellaneous, net metering, excess <laughs> generation, rollover. So I have a credit of 62 kilowatt hours on my next bill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I actually just thought of a little analogy about that uh, solar panel. Uh huh. It like think of it as like like you have a lake. It's getting heated up by water, uh, the sun. Mm-hmm. It, the water evaporates, goes up into the clouds. But let's just say like you're you're kind of up there in the clouds, and you're sort of just like grabbing the water in the clouds before they fall, and then you're using it however you want, and it ends up just going back into the lake. And then that that whole cycle. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like fairly similar. Oh man. I think that's a pretty good yeah. analogy.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean I followed it.
1: And here, just as a um
2: last remark here as we are just past the hour line. What I just sent in in terms of comparison of how much CO two emissions I prevented with just a thousand kilowatt hours in twenty twenty two approximately. <laughs> the coal <laughs> seven hundred seventy nine pounds of coal burned. Or 29 cylinders of propane used in home barbecues. Or 80 gallons of gas. That's how
1: much 1,000 kilowatt hours prevents. Wow. Uh, I mean, that alone should be incentive enough to just be like, damn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing some good here. Right. Like, I'm really curious to see what my numbers are rolling into
2: next year. Like, what? how drastic this changes. Yeah. Because all things considered, I'm two and a half times more in terms of production so you would assume it's two and a half times what these numbers are currently mm. so i'm offsetting my carbon footprint or <laughs> trying to there you go get yourself some carbon credits yeah man report this i actually can i report this on my taxes is that something know. you can do now
1: it's funny it's funny that you talk about carbon credits cuz i wonder if google um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, Google Maps, they have, like, the green leaf version where you use less emissions. If you take that option, does Google use that as a form of tax credit? Because they are providing a efficient, a more energy efficient route, and therefore um, they can get some sort of standard deduction on, like, how much uh, how much emissions, like, they decrease by, like, forcing that option on you, but then, like, if you don't take it, obviously it doesn't count, but know I don't
0: know, don't know how thought. they would yeah I don't know how they would claim it I'm sure they're gonna try right that's what I'm saying that like, way maybe they it's get a, to put it on their maybe it's a standard deduction
1: or something I don't know I, yeah who knows but yeah anyway food for
2: thought that's another episode on climate and how you can improve
0: the world
1: yeah I hope everyone learned something
0: I definitely did yeah I did I got so much reading material from this.
2: <laughs> All it takes is an hour to really dive into something, and then you come
0: out wanting to just... You have a thirst for knowledge for more. Oh, today was an hour of me opening tabs, <laughs> saving them for later. <laughs> On top of your movie homework, your YouTube homework. No, I know. I know. None of that is... Oh that's it's not anyway he's gonna
1: he's gonna be the the fucking guy in the matrix just read all all the tv screens hair's hair's snow white just looking like Colonel sanders still trucking along just behind (laughs) always behind (laughs) all right well that was good thanks for listening everybody Bye. bye see ya